when the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind to all the things that he'd been saying, he said, who is this that darkeneth counsel with words without knowledge? That scares me. I don't want to do that. I've entitled this message, We Know. Now, there are so many areas, to say the least, that we can't really say we know or I know. There's just too much information that I do not have, and I can't make, a, make an intelligent uh, I know so uh, on so many things. There are so many things that are just gray. Uh, the older I get, the more gray things become as far as all the different issues that men and women uh, deal with. But there are some things, and this is what's utterly unique to the gospel. There are some things in which we can say we know. Isn't that a blessing? With regard to every believer here, there are some things that we can say we know. Now these are the words of the Lord to Nicodemus. Nicodemus had said, how can these things be? And Jesus answered and said, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily I say unto you, we speak that we do know, and testify, bear personal testimony and witness to that which we have seen. Now these are not the words of insecurity trying to convince somebody of something they don't know to begin with. A lot of that going on, isn't there? These are not the words of false confidence, false assurance, and even cockiness, a know-it-all. These are the words of the Savior, the Creator, Him who cannot lie, and He says, we know. Now, why did he say we know? Who is included in the pronoun we? All of the elect. He's not talking about just a special group. He's talking about all of his people. All of the elect. Everyone born of the Spirit. We know. Now, this is what is utterly unique about the gospel. We know. Other people make this claim, but they don't. They don't know. They'll speak of their knowledge, but they don't know. But every believer can say with regard to the gospel, we know. We speak that which we know, and we testify that which we have seen. 
Now, there are three different words translated to know in the New Testament, sometimes translated see. We see. We perceive. We acknowledge. We understand. But mostly, it is the word we know. Uh, the word we know is found uh, 931 times in the New Testament alone. That gives you some idea of the significance of this word. And 519 times it's translated, we know. We understand, we perceive, we see, we know. And these are things that if I know them, I know them from the depths of my soul. I have been convinced. I have been persuaded. And we speak that which we know. Now look again in verse 9, Nicodemus, this is his response to what the Lord said concerning the new birth. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? How can a man be born from above? How can a man be born of water and the spirit? How can a man be born again? How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? This is what the Old Testament's always taught. Let me read a scripture from Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse 26. God says, A new heart also will I give you. One that was not there before. A new heart. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now that's the new birth just as clearly as we read of in John chapter 3. And the Lord says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you claim to be a teacher and you don't know these things? This is what the scripture has always taught very clearly. Now look at the solemnity of the way he says this in verse 11. Verily, verily. Now, every time the Lord says verily, it catches my attention. When he says it twice, I really want to peer in and hear what he's saying. Verily, verily. And any time the Lord says, I say unto you, that always catches my attention. This is the Lord speaking. I say unto you. You've heard it, but it's been said of them that of old, but I say unto you. The ultimate authority. I say unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know and testify that which we have seen. Turn with me for a moment to John chapter 8, just a few pages over. Verse 40. 
But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I've heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you'd love me. There we go. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Now, if God is your father, you will, I will love the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we speak of loving him, I need to remind you. Does anybody here feel good about your love to him? Do you feel like you love him as much as he ought to be loved? Of course not. You feel like your love falls far short of what it ought to be. And I know I feel that way. But I love who he is. I love his word. I love his attributes. I love his sovereignty. Don't you love his sovereignty? I love his justice. I love his love. I love his compassion. I love his power. I love his immutability, the fact that he can't change. I love his independence, that he has no needs. I love that he's creator. I love him. I love him as he's revealed in his word. And listen to this. If it were in my power, I wouldn't change one thing about him. He's perfect. If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Good question. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. The reason you don't understand my speech is because you are unable to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Now what a, a accusation. I tell you the truth, and you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? Can you imagine being able to say that? If you're around me for one minute, you'll be able to convince me of sin, and me, you as well. But he could say, which of you can convince me the glorious Son of God of ever sinning in any way. That's glorious. You know, 
uh, I can't help but in thinking of this, thinking of the thief on the cross, when he said, this man hath done nothing amiss. Now, how did he know he had done nothing amiss? He'd only known him for a couple hours just while he was on the cross. He didn't know about the previous 33 years. I'll tell you how he knew that, because he knew him. And if you know him, you know he cannot sin, don't you? You believe that from the very depths of your heart. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Well, here's the answer. He that's of God heareth God's words. You, therefore, hear them not because you are not of God. You know the way the Lord spoke to people? He had omniscience. He could say things. He, could, he knew who he was speaking to, and he could say things that you and I can't, aren't able to say because we don't have the knowledge he has. But don't you love the way he speaks? I think one of the verses I love in this uh, passage of Scripture is um, uh, verse 54. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he's your God, Yet you've not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I could be a liar like you are. <laughs> How the Lord could speak. But I know him and keep his saying. Now, if I am of God, I will hear and I will know. He that's of God heareth God's word. That's why I know every believer will bow to the gospel because they're of God. And they hear God's words. And then he looked at this crowd and says, you hear them not because you're not of God. What a statement. If I'm of God, I will hear and I will know. Now, how do we know? Well, 1 John 2.20 says, you have an unction from the Holy One and know all things that are worth knowing. I have to say that because there are many, I couldn't tell you all kinds of mathematical equations I couldn't get the answer for. If it, if it took me forever, there are many scientific things I don't know. But everything worth knowing, the Lord Jesus Christ, I know. Knowing him, I know all. Because he is all. You have an unction from the Holy One and know all things. You know him and you know that he is all. And we know this by revelation. This is the reason we know this. He has revealed this to us. Do you know that Jesus Christ is all? In your heart, do you believe that he's all God is? Do you believe that he's all God requires of you? Do you believe that he, he is all to you? I love that hymn. I quoted that the other day. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. And the fairest of 10,000 in my blessed Lord I see. It's given to you to know. That's what the Lord said. It's given you to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. What a blessed revelation to know 
all things. John chapter 17, verse 3, the Lord said, This is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou sin. Now listen, this thing of knowing God, I'm not talking about a bold familiarity where you feel like God's your buddy and the man upstairs and all that kind of wicked, blasphemous stuff. There's a fear and there's a reverence, but you know him. You know him in this sense. You know and what you're hearing is not him because you know him. You can hear preaching and teaching. That's not my Lord. Why? I know him. That is how I know. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed. And everything we believe is predicated on who he is. Luke wrote that we might know the certainty, that we might know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. And you know, this is the spirit of preaching. Peter said, we cannot but speak the things we, the way he says, see, but it's the same word, know. We cannot speak but the things we know. And we testify the things which we have seen, which God has taught us from his word. Now you're there in John. Look in John chapter 7. Verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine, you know, there's something called the doctrine of Christ. What a name, the doctrine of Christ. And I love the way he says, my doctrine. Never speak of God's doctrine in a negative light. It's God's doctrine. Uh, Old, dry, dead, dusty doctrine. There's no such thing if it's God's doctrine. You might have a dry, dead, dusty heart, but his doctrine is not dry, dead, and dusty. It's the doctrine of God. It's the doctrine of Christ. Now look what he says. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will. Now do you hear that? You know, Paul said, to will is present with me. If any man will do his will. That's your desire. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. If I don't know the doctrine, it's not an intellectual uh, problem on my part. It's not because my IQ is not high enough. It's because I'm unwilling to bow the knee to Christ. I'm unwilling to do his will. Where there's a willingness to do his will. And doesn't the scripture say, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Wherever there's a willingness to do his will, you'll know the doctrine. You're not going to be deceived. The Lord is not going to let you be deceived. And if someone receives that which uh, is not uh, what the scripture teaches, it's a sin problem. It's an unwillingness to do his will. The Lord said to the woman at the well in the next chapter, chapter 4, he said, you worship, you know not what. 
you have no idea what it is you're worshiping. We know what we worship. <coughs> For salvation is of the Jews. Every true Jew knows. We know. The Lord said concerning his sheep, they know my voice. And a stranger will they not follow. I know my sheep and am known of mine. You believe not, he said to one group, because you're not of my sheep, as I said to you. I, I, there's Once again, the, the Lord could speak in such a way that uh, it's just amazing. He just looked at, let me tell you why you don't believe. You're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man can take them out of my Father's hand. Now, I'm going to give you some I knows. I'm not going to give you all the I knows in Scripture uh, because that we'd be here for two or three hours. Well, more than that, but I'm going to give you some we knows from the Scripture. Now, Paul said in Romans 3.19, we know. Now, he's speaking as the representative of all of God's elect when he says we know. And if you're a believer, you know this as well. We know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped. And all the world stand guilty before God. Now this is something we know. We know we have no excuse we have no way of self-vindication, self-justification. When we hear what God's law says, all we can do is shut up. Somebody says that's a rude word. Well, it's a good one for this. If we ever hear what God says with regard to us in his law, Every mouth will be stopped. No self-vindication, no excuse for my sin. Not, well, it's my nature, I can't help it. No. no, you stand guilty before God. Romans chapter 7, verse 14, Paul said, We know that the law is spiritual, and I am carnal, sold under sin. Do you know no unbeliever knows that? No unbeliever has any real understanding of what that means. But a believer does. We know. And I know this. The law, God's holy law, is spiritual. And I know this about myself. I'm carnal, fleshly, sold as a slave to sin. Every believer knows that. When I would do good... Evil is present with me. I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know. They may not, but we do. And we know that all things work together for good 
to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, we know that because the Bible says it, but we also know that because we know who God is. He's in control of everything. All things. All things. We know. Somebody says, I don't know that. Well, I do. I do. We know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Paul said in Romans 14, 14, I know and am persuaded of the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. You see, we understand that sin is a matter of the heart. It's not in things. It's not in objects. There's not sin in a, in a bottle of alcohol. There's not sin in drugs. The sin's in the heart. Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, murders, thefts, covetousness. These are the things that defile a man, but to eat with Unwashing hands does not defile a man. Sin is a matter of an evil heart. You know that, don't you? Your heart. My heart. Romans 17, 9, or not Romans, uh, Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah speaks concerning the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked. You know that word desperately wicked? You can look this up on your own. I found this very interesting. That means incurable. The natural man's heart is incurable. That's why I need a new heart that was not there before. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received the spirit. We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things Freely given to us of God. Now this we know. What we have, God freely gave it to us. In any aspect of salvation, I don't care any aspect of anything. In the world, what we have physically, the what I am physically and mentally, it's all what God's given to me, but freely. It's not because I'm uh, something special. But this is speaking most specifically of the things of salvation. We know what's freely, freely. Being justified freely by his grace. Don't you know that everything you have spiritually, God freely gave you as a gift of his grace. And it's not in any way a result of your works. I don't have to convince you. You know that in the depths of your soul. You know that that's so. 2 Corinthians 5.1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle dissolve, that means we die. We have a building of God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, with regard to heaven and things after death, there's so much we don't know. I can't describe heaven. I, I can't describe what it's going to like to be sinless. 
I don't understand what it's going to be like to, to behold his face in righteousness and to have no more sin. And, and uh, well, how do you know there's a place in heaven waiting for you? Because he said it. I don't need another reason. He said in John chapter 14, verse 1, If our earthly house of this tabernacle, oh no, that's, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And that's dwelling places. Don't look at that as I'll have a mansion in the sky. Some of those, I, I despise that kind of stuff. But there are dwelling places fit. And we know that because he has told us there is. You see, we can't know anything unless he tells us. But when he tells us, we know. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the grace, don't you? You know the freeness of it, the power of it. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. He was rich in praise. He was rich in the Son of God. For your sakes, he became poor. That you, through his poverty, might be rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I love saying that because every believer can say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Though he was rich. Listen to this, Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Do you know that? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. I'm not justified by my faith in Jesus Christ. I am justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. The perfect obedience of Jesus Christ. I know that. I know that. I know that his righteousness is the only righteousness I have. I believe that. I glory in it. I know it. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ... Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law there shall no flesh be justified. Now, here's um, a reason, and I say this every time I come across one of these verses of Scripture, here's a reason why we should be using the King James Version of the Bible. The King James Version is the only version that does this. Even the New King James says we're justified by faith in Christ. And that's missing the meaning. That's why I love the what Spurgeon would always call the authorized version. Uh, it's a translation. It's not inspired like the original Greek. I realize that, but it is the best translation. And uh, even when they have those italics to let us know that it was not in the original and the translators are putting it there, I love the King James Version. And here's why. We're justified by the faith of Christ. And we know 
that. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, there's that word again, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now, do I know the hope of his calling? Well, scripture tells me what it is. Whom he called, then he also justified. That's the hope of his calling. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. This is how secure and complete my salvation is. I'm already glorified. I know the hope of his calling. It's already being glorified in the person of my Redeemer. Philippians 4.12, Paul said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Now, I want you to think of that statement. I know how to be abased. You know what I do when I'm abased? I look to Christ only. But you know what? I know how to abound, too. You know what I do when I abound? I look to Christ only. Same thing, no variation whatsoever. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Now, we know that because he told us. Anytime I hear people making predictions about when he's going to come, I think, what are you doing that for? He told us no man knows the day or the hour, not even the sun. Now, somebody says, explain that to me. I can, but I believe it. The Lord Jesus Christ doesn't know the day of his return. Only the Father, as a man, he did. Now, I know all kinds of people say, what do you, what? I don't know how to explain that, but I believe it. And whenever somebody makes a prediction about his coming, I know they're uh, wrong. Because the Lord tells us the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. And don't you love it that way? First. Timothy 1, 8 and 9, Paul says, we know, we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Now, he's talking about the Ten Commandments. Don't ever speak disrespectfully of God's holy law, which is a reflection of his holy character. Now, we know that a man is good if a man uses it lawfully. Well, what is the lawful use of the law? Well, he goes on to tell us, knowing this, he uses that word again, knowing this, that the law was not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for whoremongers, for murderers of fathers and Murders of mothers, for manslayers or manstealers, for perjured persons, anything that be contrary to the sound doctrine. Now, here's what I know. I know that if I need law, I have no love to Christ. That's what I know. Uh, Martin Luther was the first person to say this, and it needs to be explained. Trust Christ and do what you want to. Now somebody says, does that mean that if we trust Christ, we can go ahead and sin without restraint because the sins are under the blood and we don't need to worry about that? Of course it doesn't mean that. Of course it doesn't mean that. What does it mean? 
I want to follow him. I want to be with him. I want to take up my cross and follow him. I want to deny myself and I want to follow him. I want to be poor. I want to mourn over my sin. I want to be meek before God. I want to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. I want to be pure in heart. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be merciful. I want to be persecuted for righteousness sake, his righteousness sake. Uh, That's what I want. The believer has a different want to. Trust Christ. Listen to me. Law never produced love. Not once. Only resentment. Only feeling like you're falling short somewhere. It's never produced love. The law was not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20, for as much as you know, you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Don't you know that? Such as silver and gold, the commerce of the natural man received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without spot or blemish, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You know this. You were not made redeemable. You were redeemed. Big difference. Infinite difference. You were redeemed, and you know how you were redeemed. With the precious blood of Christ, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 John. These are our last ones, 1 John chapter 4. There are more of these in the scriptures. And every one of them, you can look at these and say, we know. We know. When the Lord said we know, he was speaking as a representative of all of God's elect. We know. And this is utterly unique to the gospel. Only the believer can say, we know. Uh, No unbeliever can really say with confidence. He might say it, but deep down, he can't say with confidence, we know. He doesn't know if he has enough to measure up. He's afraid. He's scared. He may say, I know. He may speak dogmatically. He may speak with confidence. But only the believer can say, we know. Now look in First John chapter 4. I love this. Verse 5. Well, verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and overcome them. And here's why. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You've got one in you, Christ in you, God the Holy Spirit in you, and he's greater than anyone in the world. They are of the world, these false prophets is what he's talking about, people who do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. 
they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Good message. Good message. I agree with that. The world heareth them. That's what I believe. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that's not of God heareth not us. Don't you love the uh, way John speaks here? I'm sure people gnash their teeth on that. But he said, we're of God. He that knoweth God hears us. He that's not of God doth not hear us. That's God the Holy Spirit inspiring John to say that. <coughs> Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 18 of chapter 5. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now we know that. Um, can God give birth to anything sinful? Why, the very thought of that is blasphemous. God can't give birth to something sinful. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now, I think it's uh, so sad that it says, well, that means they don't practice sin. Or sin's not the, the uh, uh, bent and tenor of their life. That's not what it says. It says, he that's born of God sinneth not. The new man, that which is born of God, does not sin. We know that. We know that. And here's why we know it. Born of God. We know who God is. This is not something that, well, I, 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 no, we know it. He that's born of God sinneth not. But he that's begotten of God, birthed of God, keepeth himself. And that wicked one toucheth him not. Do you know Satan himself cannot tempt your new man to sin? Now, he's got plenty to work with with the old man. But he can't touch the new man. Just as the Lord said, the prince of this world has come and found nothing in me, he can't find anything in the new man. That's that new man that looks to Christ, that loves Christ, that rests in him. Now, he goes on to say, here's another no, verse 19, and we know that we are of God. And the whole world, anybody that's not of God, lieth in wickedness. We know that. And we know, verse 20, we know that the Son of God is come. He was before he came. He came in the flesh and he did what he came to do. We know that, don't we? The Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. And here's what it is. That we may know him that is true, and we are in him. That is true. We know him. We know who he is. Listen, somebody can say something that's contrary to him, and I know it's not him because I know him. We know him. That is true. No lies of the truth. We know him. That is true. And we are in him. That is true. 
Uh, all of our salvation, we know this, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that? You know that all of your salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that's true, that we're in him that's true, this even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God. This is eternal life. We know because he revealed himself. And we know him. Uh, no other religion can say that. But every believer can. We know. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would take your word. And let us. As we lay our. Head on our pillows tonight. Say we know. The son of God has come. And has given us an understanding that we might know him that is true. And we're in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And this is eternal life. In Christ's name we pray. Close with number 258, He Hideth My Soul. Number 258. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand a wonderful savior is jesus my lord he taketh my burden away he holdeth me up and i shall not be strength as my day. He hideth my soul in the cleft
Yeah. Uh-huh. 